Isaiah 9, beginning at verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire altogether. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Well, I'm going to just speak for about 10 minutes or so um, this morning. It's a short service this morning because everybody's got lots of things to do, haven't they? Um, Put your hand up if you've been here for the last, if, if this is your third time in church this weekend. Let's see the real keenies are. Hands right up. Oh, there's some of you. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so some of, for some of us, this is the third of, um, the third of uh, these um, little phrases um, in that reading that we just had. We've been thinking through those four different descriptions of Jesus, the Messiah. We are wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father. And today, uh, this morning, the Prince of Peace. I was speaking to someone this week who said to me, uh, she came and she had a a, a drained look on her face, a a weary look on her face. I'm trying not to look at her. And uh, (laughs) having just spent a day trawling around the shop, getting stuff ready for Christmas, she just said, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much hype, it's too loud, it's just, ah! Jesus brings peace. Jesus brings peace. That, that word peace that we talk about, it, it's a Hebrew word, and it's the word shalom, shalom. Isaiah is saying to us that Jesus the Messiah is the prince of shalom, shalom. Well, what does shalom mean? What does shalom mean? It does mean peace, which is how our English translations have it. Um, but it's actually much broader than that. It means, it means completeness. It means um, something that's fully satisfied. Let me give you some examples, all right? So in the book of Leviticus, this is very obscure, but it says, it says you, will eat the f- uh, you will eat all the food you want and live in safety. 
That's shalom. To have all the food you want, to have a full tummy and a sense of safety and security. That's, that's shalom. Or, or in the book of Joshua, okay, this is a bit weird. Um, Joshua chapter 8 describes a particular altar and it says this altar was made of whole stones is how it's translated same word stones that had shalom about them so not stones that are broken but complete stones stones that are perfect that have wholeness about them or sometimes it's used as a greeting in the Old Testament. So, so in, in fact, lots of places in the Old Testament, pe- people say to one another, are you well? And actually what they're saying is, do you have shalom? Do you have shalom? Do you have wholeness in your heart? Do you have well-being? Many of us, I know, know the greeting, assalamu alaikum. You know, that's the Arabic greeting. Do, peace be upon you. Do, do you have peace? It's the same kind of idea. There was a time, um, uh, 2 Samuel 11, when King David uh, wants a report from some of his, um, uh, his advisors. And he says, do, does Joab have shalom? And then he says, do the soldiers have shalom? And then he says, does the war have shalom? You think, well, that's a bit weird, isn't it? How can a war have peace? <laughs> but he's, what he means is, like, is the war going well? Does it, is, it, is, it, is it going according to plan? Is it working? Is the plan that we had, is it, is it working? Is it orderly? Is it, is it going the way we want it to? Job says at one point, my tent has shalom. What does he mean? He mean, means everything's in order. You know, maybe if you've been camping, you know that's not to be taken for granted, is it? Very often it all ends up in chaos. But he's saying, no, no, my, my tent is, is, is ordered, it's complete, it's all sorted out. Later on in Job, he says, he says that the heights of heaven, the stars, he says, have shalom. They have, they have order, they have predictability about them. You know, stars don't, don't they move across the sky with, with sort of beautiful curves, don't they? Stars don't sort of go, whoop, whoop, whoop. Like that, you know, they're predictable, they, 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 they have beauty about them, it's ordered, it's complete, that's shalom. And all through the Bible, all through the Bible, and throughout history, throughout human history, people hope that leaders will bring shalom. That's what you want, isn't it, from your leader, that's what you want from your prime minister, and your government, you want shalom, you want a sense of wholeness and completeness and order and prosperity in every way. But you know that happened very, very rarely in Bible history. And it happens very, very rarely in our history too, doesn't it? And we see more times than not, what we see around us is chaos and not peace. We see it in Gaza and Israel, we see it in the news headlines. You know, I speak to someone today, saw the air ambulance flying over last night with a massive car crash. You know, we see it on our streets, in our school gates, we see it in our families. And we see it in our own hearts as well sometimes, don't we? But Isaiah is promising to us. He's saying the Messiah Jesus is coming into our world as a child, as a baby, and he will be the prince of shalom. Jesus will bring order and completeness. He will put everything in its place. He will make everything right. He's the prince of that. 
He's the prince of making everything right. He is the highest exponent of that. He does that better than anybody else. He's the prince of it. Jesus brings shalom everywhere he goes. You remember when Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and the storm is threatening to overwhelm the boat and the the waves are starting to come over the sides and the disciples, they're all terrified. They think they're all going to drown and Jesus calms the stormy seas. He brings shalom. Just with a word, be still. Shalom. Or when Jesus meets a demon-possessed man who's living in a graveyard, severe mental illness, he's out of control, he's alone because everybody else is scared of him, he meets Jesus, and he has shalom. He's dressed and in his right mind. Or the man whose daughter's just died, and there's commotion and, 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 and wailing and crying, and Jesus takes her by the hand and says, get up, and shalom is brought to her. He is the prince of peace like no other. And most of all, he brings us shalom with God. The Bible says that humanity used to have shalom with God. But you have to go right back to the Garden of Eden to see it properly. And because of sin, there is a fundamental unshalom about our relationship with God. There's a, there's a brokenness at the heart of who we are between humanity and our maker. We are rebellious creatures at heart. But, but listen, listen to what Isaiah says. A little bit later on, Isaiah 53, he says, the punishment that brought us peace, the punishment that brought us shalom was on him. And by his wounds... We are healed. What happened to Jesus at the cross? Punishment for our sin brings us wholeness, brings us completeness, brings us order in our relationship with God. It's like the stars in the sky just going beautiful curves. It brings that sense of order and completeness. But to have, but for us to have order and completeness in our relationship with God costs Jesus everything. Last Bible verse. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 1. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. That's all all, the totality of all that God is squashed and squeezed into a, a little tiny human baby. And through him, through him to reconcile to himself all things that's what shalom is to be reconciled to be made whole to be uh, complete to be restored by making shalom peace through his blood shed on the cross to bring us peace cost jesus everything i wonder i wonder where you find peace shalom wholeness today you won't find a better source than Jesus. Come to the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom, 
and receive the, the off, what he offers. Receive what he offers. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Shalom I leave with you. My, my shalom I give you. It's his offer. Even today, it's a genuine offer. He's not lying. He's not making it up. It's a genuine offer. Jesus offers to give us peace and wholeness and completeness today. Relationship restored with God. We just have to pray and ask him for that. Lord, please reconcile me. I, I want to have peace today. I, wanna, I want my relationship with you to be restored. I want to have that, that shalom that, that we've been talking about. We're doing a, a course very soon called Hope Explored. And for some reason, my click has stopped working, but there we go, never mind. Um, uh, starting in January, a three-week course, completely free. Um, maybe today, maybe today you need to commit to coming on that course if you want to know what this shalom is. I hope, I hope the chaos my friend experienced will give way to a sense of shalom at some point today. Uh, and I just want to say, I, I close by saying this. You know, at some point this Christmas time, I hope you'll be nestled up on the sofa somewhere um, with a full tummy, um, a nice glass of whatever it is you like, watching TV maybe, maybe watching kids playing happily together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a nice log fire with a sense of coziness and a sense of shalom about it. And in that moment, this is probably what will happen at some point in that moment. You'll have a flash of realization that you're back at work in a day or two. Oh, man. And it's only a matter of time before the kids stop playing and start fighting again. And someone's got to clean that fireplace out tomorrow morning. And it's all temporary. In that moment, in that moment, remember that whatever sense of shalom you have, and I hope you have lots this Christmas time, whatever you have, it's only a hint compared to the ultimate shalom which is coming. When the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom returns. Because when he comes back, he will put right all the wrongs. When he comes back, he will uh, bring in the full manifestation of his kingdom as he rules forever as the Prince of Peace. And so today, in the name of Jesus, the wonderful counsellor who guides us, the mighty God who protects us, the everlasting Father who loves us, and the Prince of Peace who brings completeness and order and satisfaction in his name. I wish you shalom this Christmas time. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Thank you that he forgives our sins and so brings us peace with God. Lord, we just still our hearts before you in all the busyness of today. And Lord, just for a short moment, we name those people and situations where there is unrest. And we ask for you to bring peace into that situation, Lord.
Lord, we admit the unrest in our own hearts. And we come to you now, Prince of Peace. And ask you to forgive us and make us whole. Help us to bring your shalom wherever we go. In his name we ask. Amen.